0: Oh God, I do love bloody stupid Johnson. In fact, every Terry Pratchett thing—you just you realize it's so much—it's so much closer to the truth.
1: Yeah, the older you get, like when I was seventeen, it was like ah, these parodies are hilarious. They're so exaggerated and gross. And then you hit like thirty-two, and you're like, oh God, <laughs> this is this is people. This is what humans do.
0: Well, I'm saying that to me because like I have imposter syndrome so much with my job, and she's like, yeah, but I've just realized everyone is faking it.
1: Hmm.
0: Nobody knows what's going on. Everyone just speaks with an air of authority and that's all you need.
1: Yeah, either you get away with it or you don't.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm now just throwing stuff out. Like Your son obviously has maggots in his brain (laughs) um, so he just needs to sleep next to a piece of cheese that'll coax the maggots out. (laughs) No, you won't see them because as soon as they come out they'll turn into butterflies.
1: Hmm. And to cure that, Take these pills.
0: (laughs) Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote and this is Consistently Eccentric, a podcast where I will attempt to teach a friend of mine a lesson from British history, focusing specifically on the lesser known and less believable people and events that the history books tend to leave out. So let's get started with... So, this story begins in the early Middle Ages and your three words, looting, Mm. conquering... Yes, and the most exciting of all, farming.
1: Oh, so it's about Magic the Gathering.
0: <laughs> not entirely, not about Magic the Gathering. I mean, that's not untrue. <laughs> def- definitely, the two things will go together quite well. But we're starting. It was June, seven ninety-three, and even in the northeast of England, the weather was finally warm and sunny.
1: Which, I don't believe you. This account is nonsense.
0: Well, it made a change from the winter when unearthly storms and fire breathing dragons had reportedly been seen in the sky.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: And that had been faithfully recorded in the Chronicles, so it must have happened.
1: <laughs> Did anyone ever consider that these monks just really love like flyer Garrick or something?
0: The northeast of England was considered the edge of the known world pretty much yeah. at the time. I mean, seriously, it was here-be-monsters kind of territory, so... Yeah. Hibernia. Yeah. <laughs> so, just off the English coast, on the holy island of Lindisfarne, hmm. the monks of the monastery were going about doing monk things. <laughs> thinking monkish thoughts.
1: Eating flyer garrick and making up dragons.
0: <laughs> well, whatever monks <laughs> get proof, up on I'm their
1: Prove I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, when someone spotted some unusual ships approaching... The ships were long, and they were quite low to the water, and they appeared to be full of some rather burly-looking men.
1: Oh my god, I've just realised. I assume these are Vikings.
0: Well, the monks might have sent a small welcoming party to go and see what the strangers wanted, assuming that they were heading for a coastal port to trade and had gotten a bit lost. Because, yes, they may have been Vikings, and indeed, turns out they were, but, you know, the the monks of Lindisfarne had never come across Vikings before. But it was not, and a lot of people will tell you this was the first time Brits saw Vikings. It wasn't, because four years before, Mm. three very similar boats had landed at the island of Portland, just south of Weymouth, in Dorset. They'd been greeted by a local reeve called Bewherd.
1: Reeve Reeve is like a sheriff, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's a a spokesman for the local chief. Right, Um, And he tried to tell them, because he, yeah, he was Anglo-Saxon, but he was now a native English, probably in a slow, rather loud voice, that they needed to pay an import tax on any goods that they had in their ships.
1: I bet that went over well.
0: Well, he, he then...
1: How would you like he, an axe head?
0: Pretty, would an axe
1: head be, be enough to pay?
0: <laughs> he then received the honour of becoming the very first Englishman known to have been killed by a Viking. So, good on you, you heard... You go down mm. in history. Uh, many... was, that, was, that,
1: was he the, was he the like, root of the word bucolic?
0: <laughs> he's Well, he's the root of the word idiot, because that was his middle name.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, that's just what bucolic means. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many of the monks were to share a similar fate, uh, as the Viking raiders killed rather indiscriminately, and they made off with as much gold and silver as they could carry, along with the few monks that they hadn't killed, to sell as, as slaves. Yeah. yeah you know. I, I
1: love I love the Viking logic on this. It's like, you wouldn't hurt a man of God. Well, why not? My God tells me that if I am strong, I have the right to do this. Hmm. Seems like your God's pretty weak.
0: <laughs> mm, I think, think I picked the better God here. Because he's telling me to slap you, and your God's telling you to turn the other cheek. So it's really working out for me. Yeah, i, I just got another place to slap. This is great. <laughs> Well,
1: oh, the, the point I was going to make before as well is when you described them as, like, muscly thugs in low-riding ships, I was like, they're the, they're, they're the gangster rappers of the 700s. Still, hitting them, hitting them islands, hitting them lolos, girl. Well, <laughs> Taking my time to perfect the seas. And I still got love for the Odin.
0: Odin, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, in a in a slight to Bewherd and his unfortunate demise, it was hmm. the attack on Lindus farm that marked the beginning of what is known now as the Viking Age. Mm-hmm. Viking raids became more and more common over the next 50 years, with the focus mainly on monasteries and other religious centres, <laughs> as the Vikings quickly learned they were poorly defended and had lots of easily carryable loot. Yeah.
1: I was just going to say, could you imagine being the Vikings who got back home? You, you won't believe this, man. What? Well, what? Well, no, seriously, they stash all of their gold. In a in a place away from everybody else, surrounded only by old men. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> and and get this: the old men aren't allowed to use weapons.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I didn't see what? a single sword the entire time.
1: You're having me on. You're having me. On. No, no, no. I swear. <laughs> I swear.
0: Are there more of these islands? Probably, I mean, hmm?
1: I've seen like eight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we just at, at some point we had too much loot. We just we just had to say no. We were going to sink the ships. That's how bad it was. Uh, but by eight forty, the Vikings were becoming more and more bold. They even managed to defeat the king of Wessex, Athelwolf in a battle at Carthampton near Somerset, uh, in Somerset, not near Somerset, it was in Somerset, with a mm. force of 35 longboats full of warriors. And there's a massive argument about how many warriors each longboat held. Like, some mm. historians are like, well, you know, if you packed it in this particular way, you could probably fit in 40 Vikings. And someone else was like, no, 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 no. If you, if you stacked all of the food in one big pile at one end and stacked all the fat Vikings in a big pile at the other end, you could fit in 45 Vikings. All, you, all that really matters is there were enough Vikings to defeat the biggest army in the country at the time. Yeah. And they managed it's that with all 35 longboats.
1: It was a so, tale all this time in Britain, isn't it? Like People invade, they're really hard, then they go soft, then someone else invades.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, A decade after um, the Vikings beat the King of Wessex, uh, yeah. they decided that going back home for the winter... It just wasted valuable um, looting time. Uh, So they decided (laughs) to overwinter in Britain for the first time and they camped on the island of Thanet which you may remember is the place that Hengist and Horsa chose uh, as their first encampment.
1: It's auspicious that Thanet is like not auspicious, auspicious means like Hmm. sign of the future, sort of the opposite of auspicious really, that Thanet was then the stopping off point for one of the biggest European influences in yeah. British history. It's why we um, had
0: the good sense to stop Thanet being an island after this. Yeah. But, oh, uh, and attached yeah, really. it to the mainland just to stop and, people.
1: And, and turned it into UKIP Central. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Isn't we, it funny that
0: UKIP Central is the place where all invading forces used to land?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, Nigel's mates, the Russians, would probably pick there at some point, will not they? Well... He's funded by Russian money. I mean, I doubt anyone who's listening to this is not you know, already quite left wing, but Jesus Christ, if you if you if you ever had any respect for Nigel Farage, look into who funds him and then immediately begin hating him.
0: Honestly with that sentence when you paused, I thought you were just gonna leave it as who's not funded by Russian money. Well I mean you know,
1: so many people are. Do you know we've not had
0: a single Russian listener.
1: Really? That's not that surprising.
0: (laughs) However, to all of our French listeners, thanks Bonjour. Yeah. We we have a surprising amount of French listeners and thank you. Yeah. it's amazing um,
1: to create a um, uh, petit, uh, I don't know the rest of the words write a little note is what I was trying to say
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the Vikings took over the monasteries that were on Thanet which became the fanciest feasting halls most of them had ever eaten in and realising <laughs> the Anglo-Saxons were too stretched fighting amongst themselves because this was the time of the Seven Kingdoms um the they didn't have the time to try and reclaim the 42 square miles of territory
1: and this <laughs> it's not important enough. yeah it
0: might have been the point at which the Vikings started wondering how much more territory they could take before they meet any serious resistance
1: <laughs> i love i love the the picture you're painting of them is basically the dell boys of the 700 the early 800s sorry well
0: they just kept chancing it and they were realizing they were meeting absolutely no resistance from anyone like okay can we can we have this bit apparent apparently we can um excellent there's a there's a bigger island quite close this to Thanet. Is,
1: this is so much better than norway <laughs> everything's cold
0: no There were a number of reasons that the second half of the 9th century was the perfect time for a Viking invasion. Mm -hmm. Firstly, it was the beginning of the medieval warm period, meaning the climate around Britain reached average temperatures that would only be seen again during the 20th and 21st century, Mm -hmm. meaning that winters were easier and travel was less risky.
1: Mm. I wish you hadn't said that, just in case any climate change deniers get on board with it.
0: Well, secondly, in the Scandinavian countries, there was a rapid consolidation of power as the modern-day countries began to emerge. and
1: this. Sc- oh, yeah, I've read about this. It's like how Bluetooth turned up and was basically like, no, you can't be in little villages that fight each other anymore. Knuckle down. You're in deal. my country. Yeah, or I'll stab you. Yeah. <laughs> and quite a lot of them were like, mm, don't fancy that son." and buggered off to England where there was nobody telling yeah. them. Well, it turned out kneel. that
0: this sort of proliferation of government and, you know, um, oversight it also created a population boom uh, and it left many of the smaller chieftains who missed out and their followers without any of their ancestral lands to farm, leaving Mm. them with a decision so they could either submit to a more powerful ruler or Mm. they could seek a new place to live. Yeah,
1: I mean, if I was inclined to violence, I'd probably seek a new place to live, to be honest. So
0: those that went along with your view, when they Mm. saw the political turmoil in Britain, Seven Kingdoms, It is understandable why many young Scandinavian men believed it was an opportunity. It was too good to pass up. Mm -hmm. England had lots of wealth, good arable land, and based on 60 years of successful raiding by this point, it seemed (laughs) to be really poorly defended. (laughs) Like, really bad. They just don't learn. (laughs) I believe at this point, after 60 years of raiding, the Viking casualties numbered one. And that was (laughs) Olaf the Old and Gouty.
1: Who accidentally stabbed himself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Three times. Um, (laughs)
1: While trying to open a chest, he'd (laughs) lifted from a monastery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So in 865, longboats began arriving on the Isle of Thanet just off Kent. Mm. Um, Eventually, between 1,000 or 3,000 Vikings had gathered in a makeshift camp. Mm. The people of Kent assumed that they knew what was up, and they cobbled together as much cash as they could in order to pay the Dane gold.
1: Oh, God, is it, this is the beginning of that terrible tradition, isn't yeah, it?
0: Yeah, Because what they'd learnt is, if you give them some money, they go they away... They away
1: for a while, yeah.
0: ...and don't stab you this season. Um, <laughs> the Vikings, they were more than happy to accept the present, but then they didn't leave. And instead, <laughs> they crossed the Wandsome Channel to the mainland of England and began marching north looting and reeving as they went. They, were they not... sound like
1: the funnest guys, to be honest. Like, <laughs> they probably knew how to party, let's be honest.
0: Oh, yeah. But this is because they were not a raiding party. They were an invasion force that will come to be known as the Great Heathen Horde.
1: Oh, you know what? Maybe. Maybe this is why Thanet is so full of, like, really xenophobic arseholes. Mm? It's like cultural memory of, like, that time when people who usually, like, sort of turned up, worked for a bit and went away. Decided one time to come and steal all your stuff.
0: Well, well, the thing is, they didn't stay in Kent at all.
1: Yeah, but they, like, they, but they
0: marched straight through. They they weren't staying in Kent. Yeah, but
1: th- that 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 still jives. That still like fits completely because all these UKIP arseholes in Kent, like most immigrants don't want to be anywhere near Kent because there's nothing in Kent for immigrants. It's just,
0: it's it's just dilapidated. Land.
1: It's just dilapidated nonsense and old white people. <laughs> they didn't want to be in cities. <laughs>
0: So, it is thought that the Horde was made up of a number of warbands who had decided to join together temporarily to subdue the English before divvying up the territory between the leaders. Some of the most notable Viking leaders in the invasion force were said to be the sons of the probably not real Mm -hmm. Ragnar Lodbrok.
1: The sons of Ragnar.
0: Yeah, With some historians suggesting that this familial link was added to the story later to explain how the various leaders were able to coordinate so well.
1: It couldn't just be that they were all experienced commanders.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with the Sons of Ragnar thing. So, the possible brothers, definitely brothers, were <laughs> Ivar the Boneless, who was in overall charge of the invasion. Why was he
1: called Boneless?
0: Well, his weird nickname has one of three possible origins. Go on. As the Old Norse for bone and leg are the same, it could have been that he had a disability affecting his ability to walk. Ergo, Ivar the Legless. Hmm. Okay. Alternatively, it was suggested that boneless was a crude joke and that Iva suffered from erectile dysfunction.
1: The wow, f- I can't I can't like I can't really see a man who's commanding Vikings letting that one slide. go as his nickname, you know what I mean? Well,
0: the final suggestion is that the odd name is as a result of a translation error in Latin. X you know, without bone os. Uh with the real nickname being Iva the hated exosus in Latin. <laughs> Um, so somebody you got a Latin scholar and he read it as ex os instead of exosus uh and instead of writing hated, he wrote boneless uh, I leave it to you to pick the one that you like the best, but I'm assuming that considering the person writing it had been the victim of the great heathen horde in yeah. some way, it was probably either the hated
1: what a weird thing though. you know you know what people say like is always written by the victors. Yeah. In this case, it specifically was only written by the losers. Yeah. Like, very specifically. <laughs> I wonder if that's ever happened in history before, where, like, literally only the people who lost were able to write the history.
0: Probably not, actually.
1: It's an interesting one, that mm. one, isn't it? So I don't mean... I don't, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet. I'm just genuinely thinking, like, normally it's the case of better educated, better prepared, better supplied, conquering, you know, a bunch ab- of primitive you're, you're natives. You're
0: assuming that the win in uh, the end fair point. Um, either oh I've just thought of another example um, <laughs> Mongol
1: hordes versus China
0: yeah but yeah that was because the Chinese were very into writing stuff down at that point <laughs> um, either boneless or hated you pick I mean well, nobody's, cons-
1: nobody's considered the possibility that maybe he genuinely had no bones yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was just muscle and screams. You know, why, why,
1: you know why, why, why could he not have been a sack of flesh? This is a time when dragons were apparently flying around, maybe magic was sustained. No, dragons
0: him. flew around in the winter. That's why they overwintered in Thanet, to avoid the dragons. Now they're <laughs> marching north. They're not thick. He was supported by his little brothers, Bjorn Ironside. Yeah, well, of course he was
1: supported by them. He had no bones. Who else <laughs> was, was going to stand up? Jesus.
0: <laughs> Bjorn, Sorry, Ironside, Bjorn Ironside, a noted naval commander who had previously managed to sack Paris. What? <laughs> yep. He sailed all the way up the Seine, and he had sacked Paris. <clears throat> and that was, you know, he, was, he wasn't he was even considered to be in command of the army. That's how good Ivor was. <laughs> Halfdan Ragnarsson, who was known even amongst Vikings as an exceptional and fearless fighter. Hmm. and That's cool. So that's your three. And yeah. your fourth, Uber. Who provided the comic relief. What, really? <laughs> really. Just Ober. <laughs> not Ober the Mighty, not Ober the Very Good in Bed, just Uber.
1: So it's like the Beatles, basically.
0: Yeah, Uber not... is the Ringo of yeah. this particular band of four.
1: Ubber's the Ringo, um, Bjorn Ironsides, and Ivo the Boneless are the John and Paul. Mm. Um, who's the other Half one? Half-Damn. Uh, Half Dan was the George, definitely, because he was an exceptional fighter, as George was an exceptional guitarist and songwriter who, you know, sort of seemed to have to knuckle under two other guys.
0: (laughs) There you go. Perfect. You managed to get a Beatles, quite a good Beatles reference in. So,
1: Beatles comparison, I feel, not a Beatles reference.
0: They led the Horde across Kent and Essex, then, Mm. surprising everyone, deep into the East Anglian Fens. Why? They definitely surprised the people of East Anglia. (laughs) Um, Why are you here?
1: We don't even want to be here. We just can't get out.
0: (laughs) Well, they were more surprised by the Vikings attacking from the south rather than from the sea, Mm. Uh, as well as it was quite late in the year at this stage, and they were quickly overwhelmed. Mm. Ivory decided that the Horde should overwinter in England so that they could begin invading proper the next year, and the fens of East Anglia provided quite a good defensible position. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah because as i said no one wants to be there
0: <laughs> and also the other kingdoms of england were like oh oh good east anglia is getting screwed just leave them they'll go <laughs> you know oh god thank god we don't live there
1: should we ally with people who we are culturally similar to no let us let the culturally very different <laughs> overrun them this this has no bearing on our future <laughs> well
0: king edmund of east anglia he decided to surrender Potentially hoping that if he assisted the Vikings through the winter, they would leave the next spring and they'd go bother someone else. else. (laughs) Because they want to leave East Anglia. So basically, they're
1: all all Thatcherites in self interest.
0: (laughs) Uh, He also mentioned to Ivor and his brothers that the Kingdom of Northumbria was a much richer bit of England (sighs) and they were currently in the middle of a civil war.
1: Oh my god, imagine somebody nowadays saying, sat in East Anglia, saying no, no, round by Newcastle, that's where the money is. You know
0: he <laughs> was like, do you know, they've they've got all that tasty, tasty cash and they're busy fighting each other. If you go up there, they won't even notice you till it's too late. <laughs> the Vikings, they agreed. They agreed with Edmund and they said, we'll continue to let you rule uh, on our behalf and yes, we are so going to leave these, very... these strings attached to your arms and legs with this little uh, wooden um, apparatus, just so's that if we ever need to make you do something it's nice and convenient mm-hmm. um, and they left a few Vikings behind obviously, to keep him honest that's as me. his advisors
1: What do you do? I mainly sit around and if he does anything that I think Ivar wouldn't like, I hit him in the head with an axe <laughs> Best job ever
0: And that's how the Punch and Judy show started um, <laughs> No, Ivar then took all of Edmund's horses and most wow. of his gold and set off north to conquer kingdom number two. So, unaware that a newly formed Viking cavalry division was racing towards them, because if Vikings aren't terrifying enough, Vikings on horses.
1: Faster Vikings with more leverage for axes. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. Uh, it turns out an axe is very good, at swung underhand off a horse. Yeah. And that was the invention of polo.
1: <laughs> I bet they invented. I bet they started using longer axes as well at that point.
0: Yeah, just cut me down. I need a longer branch. Come on, <laughs> this axe head—it needs to reach lower. Um, they were racing towards the two would-be kings of Northumbria, Osbert and Allah, who were continuing their fight for the right to rule. <laughs> Allah.
1: Sorry, the, the idea of a king being called Allah like, like at exactly the time Muhammad was just starting up over in Arabia.
0: Oh, you should see the spelling of Osbert. O s b e r h t.
1: Oh, I hate him already.
0: Yeah. I'm well, Team Allah. You, you'll be glad because Allah had recently gained the upper hand after a violent yes. coup, but was not at the capital of York when news reached him of the Viking threat. Uh, either because. He, He had Vikings on horses. He was able to reach the city first, and the Vikings were able to overwhelm the minimal resistance on November twenty first, nine sixty six. These people, eight sixty six, even.
1: I feel like the English kind of deserved the Anglo-Sax whatever the mongrel race that was occupying the islands at the time. Kind of deserved it. These guys have been turning up for a hundred years.
0: No, no. Be fair. They've been turning up for sixty five years.
1: All right, okay, see, even so, that's like two lifetimes at that point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, can't argue that, that is. Like, like, you know, granddad's been telling you stories, dad's been telling you stories. They're a regular part of life, is Vikings. Like, be prepared, be fighting all the time, you know, like, or, do you, or decide you don't want the land. It's, it's They weren't living in a polite time, you know? <laughs> like, it's like there was a higher authority to appeal to. You know, oh, the Council of Europe's going to get the police <laughs> on you.
0: <laughs> we've sent it to the EU the Hague will want words
1: I'm expecting a task force made up of Dutch and um, Belgian troops any second
0: well, as you can imagine uh, the taking of York was a massive embarrassment for the Northumbrians and they spent the winter thrashing out an alliance between Osbert and Alla, agreeing mm. to join forces to expel the Vikings and then they could return to their war of succession because <laughs> it, was, it was it was, was on pause important. that shit was on pause yeah, it was not course. done uh, on March 21st 867 the Northumbrian mm-hmm. army they lined up across the battlefield from the much smaller Viking force because there was got, got only their... at most 3000 Vikings minus what they'd left in um, East Anglia
1: Did, I'm going to predict that the English I'm just going to call them the English I know they're not technically the English for at this point but I'm going to assume the English got their poo pushed in
0: Mm-mm. no mm. no no um They were ready to fight for their kingdom with the English, and they were heartened when the Vikings immediately began to retreat. (laughs) Convinced that their numerical advantage had put the fear of God, a good Christian God, into the savage heathens.
1: Oh yeah, I'm really scared of the God who commands you to not use weapons and hoard all your gold in easily accessible vaults. Well,
0: the Northumbrians, (laughs) they gave chase, but they weren't able to overtake the Vikings before they reached the city walls. However, in their haste to get away the Vikings had left one of the gates, slightly ajar. (laughs) And the confident Northumbrians, led by the two wannabe kings, front and centre, they began swarming into the city, laughing about how stupid the Vikings had been.
1: (laughs) Honestly, it's like an episode of Dragon Ball Z.
0: (laughs) Well, it was all part of the Vikings' plan. By forcing the larger (laughs) army through a bottleneck, they negated the numerical advantage and were able to not only win the day but also kill both Alla and Osbert in the process. Because what they basically did was funnel them into what we'd call a kill zone. (laughs) (laughs) Where the Vikings were just able to gaily swing their axes. Take them
1: on like seven or eight at a time.
0: And it it turned out that man for man, the Vikings were much, much better at fighting than the Northumbrians.
1: Oh, really? Than a a bunch of farmers who trained about once a year? Jesus.
0: The broken Northumbrians, now without leaders... All warriors uh, surrendered to the Vikings. and Ivory... <laughs> Or as we call
1: them nowadays, Sunderland fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Sunderland. I'm really pleased with that one. I'm, I apologise, Sunderland. You're a fine club with great history. But that, that was really funny. <laughs> well,
0: uh, the Vikings, and uh, um, they appointed a puppet ruler called Ekbert. They, again, <laughs> left a few Vikings to keep him honest, and they turned their attention to kingdom number three, Mercia.
1: This is like, this is a really, flat, they're getting crap done, these guys. <laughs>
0: that's, that's two down, going for number three. Again, the brothers made straight for the capital, Nottingham. And again, they were able to take it with minimal resistance. However, the Mercians weren't going to fall for the same trick the Northumbrians had. And instead of charging through a slightly open door, they contacted the King of Wessex, who agreed to support the Mercians in retaking Nottingham. And he sent his little brother by the name of Alfred, Along mm. with some men:
1: names and to watch out for.:
0: <laughs> The Vikings were besieged, and this was not what they were expecting. They weren't designed for sieges. And eventually: no, Not unless
1: they can artificially engineer a kill zone.: Alan. Yeah.
0: Eventually, <laughs> Ivor and his brothers, they got bored, and they fell back on the traditional Viking tactic and agreed to head back to York in return for a bit of cash. Mm, fair enough.: And this it's first not, it's not a lot well it was a setback and it was enough to halt the Viking expansion for the next three years oh wow <laughs> quite a few of the Vikings they decided to give up on the idea altogether and said you know what we've got this so they settled down for a life of farming in Northumbria
1: mm, fair enough then, still better than Norway I guess
0: then in 870 <laughs> mm-hmm. possibly thinking the Vikings had forgotten about him Edmund of East Anglia He tried to take control back of his kingdom. (laughs) And this spurred the brothers into action. They'd been in a bit of a funk after, you know, being stopped by the Mercians. They returned to East Anglia, where they won a series of victories, captured Edmund, uh, and tied him to a tree before using him as an archery target. And unsurprisingly, Edmund died.
1: (laughs) We're quite good at archery.
0: (laughs) But, possibly more surprisingly... Edmund is remembered now in history as Edmund the Martyr.
1: Oh, God.
0: Despite his Christian faith having nothing to do with why he was killed.
1: He's not a saint, is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, for God's... What miracles could he have accomplished? <laughs> well, miracle of being a complete idiot twice over.
0: The thing is, it wasn't like they killed him because he was a Christian. He was a Christian when they invaded and they said, you will be good, Puppet King.
1: Yeah, he knuckled right under them pages. Yeah,
0: And it was only when he decided, oh... Well, they've got Northumbria now. They don't care about East Anglia. And they yeah. turned up and went. He, he, Ooh.
1: He, didn't, he didn't righteously battle for his religion. <laughs> he waited until their backs turned. And were like,
0: he tried to weaselly no, take back. Maybe no want. one will notice. <laughs> uh, the killing of Edmund it reinvigorated the brothers. And even better, a whole new Viking army <laughs> arrived the very same year, keen for adventure and battle. The Great <laughs> Summer Army. <laughs>
1: Oh, boss.
0: <laughs> it was led by a mighty warrior with the difficult name of bagsikig
1: <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was bagsikig We're going to call him Bagsy.
0: Okay, it was led by the mighty warrior Bagsy. Yeah. <laughs> and they were sure that with these reinforcements, they will finally be able to conquer the remaining kingdoms of Britain, starting with Wessex.
1: That <laughs> mm, could be a bite off more than you can choose mm, well
0: <laughs> because he was killed by alfred at the battle of ashdown in january 871 <laughs> it was practically the first battle the new vikings have fought since arriving alfred yeah be- well
1: alfred's not the guy he he's like he's the end boss you ought to build up to him
0: <laughs> no 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 you charge straight in there sorry no, like- leroy a Jenkins!
1: It's, it's like it's like those RPGs where they let you do anything from the start and it's like, yeah, but everything's still level. So it's like, yeah, technically you can go straight to the final boss, but he's going to murder you.
0: Oh, no, <laughs> no! If you keep trying, I'm sure you'll manage it. Anyway, Alfred became king of Wessex three months later after his brother died, presumably mm. because he realised Alfred was just so much a better warrior and person.
1: This guy's awesome. I have no right existing.
0: <laughs> and the Vikings, wisely, they decided to refocus their attention on Mercia. Like, oh, no. We're not, we're not getting involved in that again. Jesus. Did you see what he did?
1: I love the idea that, like, Alfred on his own with no shirt is just patrolling the border. <laughs> like, Anytime a Viking comes up, he just sort of, like, stands there, hands on hips and shakes his head slowly. You, you, know? go, you go away Whoa. now. Whoa. <laughs> You're... You, that's fine. <laughs> what, well, this axe? No, I was, I was here chopping trees. man. We're
0: just, we're just checking. Are, are you still alive? Oh, okay. We'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll definitely... We'll, we'll wait. We're, we're fine. Bye.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately for you, I am immortal.
0: <laughs> it took the Vikings another three years to subdue Mercia, and mm-hmm. it came at the cost of Ivor the Boneless, slash hated, <sighs> slash legless, who is thought to have been buried near a battlefield in Repton, in Derbyshire, surrounded by the partial corpses of over 250 other men, because Vikings, even potentially impotent ones, are, and always will be, metal.
1: <laughs> Would we bury our brother with all of these corpses, e- even the ones that are dismembered? Yes. <laughs> Especially the
0: ones that are dismembered. Without Ivar's leadership, most of the Vikings settled down in the north and the east of the country that would eventually become known as the danelaw yes. however some of them some of them felt they could still gain a bit more territory and they split into three groups the warriors led by halfdan they headed north to fight the picts and the people of strathclyde terrible
1: <clears throat> terrible decision <laughs>
0: well, well the funny thing is no one knows quite how they got on it's oh, not recorded they sort of
1: disappeared from history
0: no 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 they disappeared for a bit <laughs> right. and they returned a few years later with a haunted look in their eyes and they didn't want to talk about it. Because as all history has taught us, you do Don't not invade, invade Scotland, Scotland <laughs> because god damn.
1: Those people are insane.
0: <laughs> to the last old crone, they will fight you so hard. It is it's, not worth yeah. the minimal gain you get.
1: I believe that the, I believe that Scotland is the direct reason why Canada is so ridiculously pointlessly good at fighting. Like, what, just the fight... amount of Scottish blood. Yeah, yeah, the amount of Scots that emigrated <laughs> over there. It's like, like the two countries that I would not want to screw with on a man for man basis are Canada and Scotland, and they're basically the same country when you get right down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that theory. Just like, yeah, we're, we're all polite here, and we'll just oh, it's good nature, joshing until you spill my pint. Yeah, well, I just I
1: just remembered, like you know, learning World War One history, and it's like, oh, and the Highland regiments did this, and then the Canadians turned up, and Ypres, oh. <laughs> what did they do? Well, they basically marched into gunfire and didn't stop, even though they all died. How does that work? No one knows.
0: <laughs> but it's a bloody good job they did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was the warriors led by Halfdan. The warriors yeah. were led by Gunthram, they decided to have one last go at conquering Wessex. Alfred beat them forced Guthrum to get baptised, as we Oh, we've we done know. this story, yeah, yeah. yeah Who yeah. is your dad? I am
1: your dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Guthrum, now known as Athelstan. Uh, oh, really?
1: That's where Athelstan came from? Uh, he
0: the was, Athelstan? No, 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 this Athel, is a different, a different Athelstan. Uh, he agreed um, with being told to go back to East Anglia and rule there instead. So that didn't go well. <laughs> now.
1: Yeah, he tried to fight Alfred the great
0: <laughs> so we know what happened to um half Dan. we know what happened to guthrum we know what happened mm. to um Ivor.
1: oh that leaves um bjorn ironsides
0: no no bjorn bjorn went back to the continent where he'd won his good battles and he'd gone back right. to terrorizing the continent uh the final group of warriors <laughs> the
1: very first englishman to say the french don't like it up em. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well the final they were they were following ubba for their sins
1: Oh, my God, the Ringo. <laughs> yeah,
0: the Ringo. Do you want to know what the Ringo did? What Uber did? Uh, I bet,
1: did he conquer Wales or something?
0: Oh, no, no, no. Wales would have been a sensible choice because, you know, they conquered Mercia. Yeah. He he could have That's, had some... Is that the Midlands? Is Mercia yeah, the yeah. Midlands? Right. He could have had some support going in there, hmm. uh, you know, t- to Wales. No, no, he, he, in a left field move, decided he was going to go to Devon.
1: <laughs> how How did he plan to get around Wessex?
0: <laughs> I think considering Devon was part of the Greater Cornwall area, yeah. Alfred the Great just went, y- you want to take on the Cornish? Please, be my g- We will give you a guard of honour. We will throw rose petals in your path as you march through our lands. Just Go don't have touch at anything, it.
1: anything or I will have you.
0: Anyway, the entire force were promptly killed by an army of anguish Cornishmen.
1: Anguish Cornishmen.
0: <laughs> Angry Cornishmen. <laughs> the entire army were promptly killed by an army of angry Cornishmen because you do not, under any circumstances, fuck with Cornwall.
1: Anyone at the extremes of Britain is just insane. Oh, barring yeah. the southeast of England, where all the milk toast lives.
0: <laughs> well, the Cornish, they were like, Oh, you're Vikings, are you? Are we supposed <laughs> to be a, impressed?
1: You've had a pasty shoved up you.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's about to happen.
1: <laughs> we don't even need iron, we've got tin. That's very soft. I know, it'll hurt more.
0: (laughs) It'll take longer. (laughs) It's the important thing to remember, sir. It will take longer. (laughs) So, not not surprisingly, this series of losses, combined with political turmoil in mainland Europe, convinced many of the Vikings, including our Ironside, Hmm. they'd have a better chance of more plunder if they crossed the channel. Right. So, it was basically a case of at the start of this venture, Europe had been pretty much, um, you know, solid. <clears throat> solid. The rulers knew what they were doing. They were very, very sort of um,
1: together and organised. Yeah, and in the, in the parts that had money and wealth, like well, you, and had a, you, all of a the rulers bite.
0: just so happened to be people who were very good in terms of military strategy. Because you know, that's that's the problem with any hereditary monarchy system. It's yeah, it's you, you rely yeah. on what the next one does. And it just so happened that at that time there was a block of really good uh, martial thinking. Are we we talking...
1: Is is one of them Charlemagne? Is that around that time? This is around
0: the... Well, this is around the time of Charlemagne, yeah. I think Charlemagne... Mm. Well, Charlemagne forced some of the Vikings... Yeah, Charlemagne forced some of the Vikings into Normandy and basically they couldn't get out. And he said, well, if you will rule Normandy on my part...
1: Right, so, so Charlemagne was the Alfred the Great of Central yeah, Europe. Yeah. He and, forced, the Norman, he and the forced Normans some, were the East Anglians he of He forced of some Europe.
0: Vikings to stay in Normandy.
1: Oh, God, we got conquered by the East Anglians of Europe.
0: No, but essentially... <laughs> How did we ever live that <clears throat> shame down? When you look at it, because um, the... Um, what's his face? Harold Hardrada, obviously a Viking. Yeah. Um, Harold Goodwinson, mm-hmm. that family. I, th- I think he's like his... Um, grandmother was Viking royalty was uh, Scandinavian royalty well, with a
1: surname like Godvinson y- y-
0: y- well I mean, yeah that's, that's, um, that's Viking culture but also least, the Normans it? were all uh, descended from one Viking sort of um, chieftain and his people Tribe. who who were sent there it's like if you don't try to invade mainland Europe again you can have yeah, Normandy that's, that's so saying. it was a How? Viking fighting a Viking fighting a Viking to, to, to rule England. England so it, essentially the Vikings won in the end
1: yeah but like, th- Just by being that's...
0: really proliferate and really good at yeah.
1: In the end, birth rates is always the winning one, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that's off topic. It... But um, <laughs> um, the 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 point I wanted to make though is that equivalent Charlemagne, Alfred the Great, the, the the Norman Vikings, like that fool who got forced to convert and live in East Anglia. We got conquered by the East Anglians of Central Europe. Oh. How have we ever lived that one down?
0: you think about it at that time especially east anglia was one of the most uninhabitable bits of england if you could live there
1: yeah but that's like being that's like being conquered by the swamp people it's ridiculous
0: <clears throat> i've I've recently been reading dune and the entire argument of dune the first book at least is that if you place a people in the harshest environment you will breed warriors who can basically do anything yeah.
1: But the other key point about June is that it's f- complete fantasy, and that is total bollocks. Because do you know who else lives on the harshest environment in the planet right now? Those sodding Bushmen on the um, Namibian coast. is you right. there conquering anyone anytime soon?
0: <laughs> would you want to fight them one for one?
1: Me, no. Yeah, would I, because would you're I send...
0: you're you're bourgeoisie.
1: Yeah, but would I send one of our like you know scummy chavrats up against them? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> scummy chavrat versus. <laughs> A bushman. Yeah. Oh, God. Right. Well, we've got a YouTube channel anyway. That's an it's idea. A
1: bum fights marked. <laughs>
0: Scummy Chaffrat versus.
1: It's it's extra culturally insensitive.
0: <laughs> I feel like we've got a way. Anyway, so <laughs> Uber himself was also killed by the angry Cornish men. No. And so that, that was kind of Uber. the end of the so Great Summer Olympics. Uber, Uber turned up, and I really need to stress this. Hmm. He was listed in the leaders. Hmm. But at no other point in the entire saga is his name mentioned. He's not one of the principal people who, you know, helped with the invasion of East Anglia. He's not Hmm. mentioned when they took York. He is not the mastermind behind the whole let's let them think they're winning and kill them thing. Yeah, He wasn't involved in the siege in Nottingham. He wasn't involved in anything else. He was basically mentioned as also Ubba was there. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, so so when, when the sagas were being sung by the traditional scalds, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was, and Ivar who did this and Bjorn who did this and also Oba was there
0: <laughs> yeah and he was in England for eight years and then he died in Cornwall that was pretty much him mm. um Just yeah like my hopes and dreams <laughs> the great heathen army had forced the Anglo-Saxons to adapt or die mm. and Alfred he decided to adapt Uh, And he adapted quickly. He couldn't
1: die because he was Alfred the Great.
0: (laughs) he He'd modernised Wessex to withstand raiding by building a series of forts, or Mm. burrs, requiring all able-bodied men to join militia units in the event of invasion. Um, He'd also raised taxes to build a navy because he thought it would be good to be able to engage in battle before the Vikings could reach the shore. Mm. So essentially, what the Vikings had done is they whittled the Kingdom down the kingdoms of Britain down to two yeah the Dane law, the Vikings, and Wessex, and those former kings of other kingdoms, such as Mercia were now just lords under Alfred
1: yeah, or lords under the Dane law
0: so they put the pressure on hmm. and what they'd done inadvertently is created the diamond that was Alfred the Great yeah it's who easy. was then in a position to unite all of these warring factions because being under Anglo-Saxon rule. And being a lord was better than being under a heathen rule.
1: Yeah.
0: The stalemate would eventually evolve into a recognizable England after the last Viking king of York, Eric Bloodaxe, who was actually far more wimpy than his name suggests.
1: Yeah, I, I figure that, like, because, like, the people who were actually hard had stupid names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either the boneless, mm-hmm. you know, um, Ragnar, no, Lo, Lo, was he called Lobrak Ragnarsson? Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah, he didn't even have a nickname. Bjorn Ironside is kind of mm, it could just mean he's really fat, you know. <laughs> like and then then like they were all really hard dudes. <laughs> and then you got Bjorn Eric Bloodaxe, who yeah, I could have guessed he was a bit wimpy.
0: Yeah, you feel like if you need a name like Bloodaxe, it's
1: Yeah, you know, it's like what, what's that phrase? Like, um oh, I've forgotten it, but basically the, the gist of it is is like, you know, true quality just shines. You, yeah. don't, need you, to you don't need to it. yeah
0: Well, Eric Bloodaxe, I mean he was expelled from York, and then he was assassinated um, while he was wa- he was trying to walk to Wales. So basically, you know that bit of the M62 that's the highest <laughs> bit of motorway, Snake Pass. Well, some- somewhere up there, going <laughs> across the Pennines, he was just stabbed in the back. So everyone's like, "Fuck you, Eric." You, you inherited you have such a
1: cool name, Eric, and you <laughs> left us all down. You
0: inherited an entire kingdom, and now look at you running to Wales for help. F- just go away. We don't like you anymore. Um, Nobody wants
1: the Welsh in our business.
0: (laughs) So although, you know, ultimately you you can argue whether the Vikings came up short Hmm. or whether in some form the Vikings ended up begatting the Normans who eventually took over the country.
1: And formed the sort of elite cadre of landowners and nobles that would eventually kind of form the structures of British society that we know. Which... So, sort of indirectly led to the empire and all of that goodness. So.
0: But you, could, you can definitely argue that um, modern England, especially yeah. and modern Britain, would not have existed if it wasn't for either the Boneless and his brothers who gave the warring Anglo-Saxon kingdoms a common enemy to unite against and a reason to modernise their thinking and ultimately mm. create a modern country. Mm. Yeah, true. So that, that is the story... Of the Great Heathen Horde.
1: I mean, great name, great marketing. Um, big fan of general Viking stuff. I wish more people were into it because have you seen that Northern Independence Party that's knocking around at the moment, who I'm pretty sure are a Corbynite joke to, to try and get Starmer to look silly. But that's not beside the point. The point is if they actually ever won, they'd want to call the northern the free north of England Northumbria. Like, why would you call it that? When you've got the option of calling us as calling our country the Dane Law. <laughs> yeah. Not, not Dane Law. The Dane Law. Like, that's just so much cooler. I'm sorry. Why would you like you got Northumbria on one hand, which is gonna be a problem anyway, because there's no way that York sorry, Yorkshire, Lancashire, maybe even Merseyside, even though that's not really got a strong regional identity outside the city of Liverpool. Definitely Manchester. Nobody's gonna be happy being to Northumbria. Be called
0: Northumbria, No, I'm yeah. not. As soon no, as you said it's... that, I'm like, no. I'm yeah, not being exactly. called Northumbria. <laughs> exactly. It's not but like it's not even screw those guys, it's just no, you don't get to win. Yeah. Yeah. What do we You're learn? Yeah. <laughs> you were fighting amongst yourselves and they took your capital city and then you were stupid enough to run in to a kill yeah. zone.
1: Exactly. It and may have been it...
0: over a thousand years ago, but goddamn guys.
1: Yeah. But then but then like with the, the capital
0: law. city of Redcar. Yeah. What?
1: No, I y y I don't know where the capital would be, but I'm just saying that if the North That'd of England be did become independent, we call it the Dane Law, clearly.
0: Well, to be honest, if the if the North became independent, the capital would be rehashing that argument between Lancaster and York.
1: And it'd end up being Manchester. Probably, be <laughs> you know, where
0: all the power actually is in the North, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then Leeds would say, What about us? And everyone and we'd would have have laugh and come, No. <laughs> and Sheffield Sheffield, I mean you know, they produce a lot of what could be turned into weapons. They'd be a dark horse for it.
1: No, they wouldn't. They, they, Sheffield are too surly. They, they're more happy to just take the money and sort of mutter about it.
0: I've got a soft spot for Sheffield. I don't know if it's because both teams are getting relegated this season, but mm. I still have a soft spot for them. Because you know that when Sheffield United started off really bad, Sheffield Wednesday were like, hey, we'll finally get a Steel City derby. It's like, hmm, will you though?
1: <laughs> mm. I mean, there is a rule that Wednesday can't ever come back to the Premier League. (laughs) We all agreed that it was silly to have a team named after a day and it would never happen again. And And Thursday
0: United are very sad. (laughs) I'm really glad that we ended this on um, talking about Sheffield football clubs because that's really going to play to our international audience. (laughs)
1: Look, either get into football or go away is my attitude. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And that's where we'll end the episode.